0: March 7th, the Lord's Day, Robert Murray McShane, reading plan. Let's pray before. Holy Heavenly Father, Father of all graces and mercy, I ask that you'd open up our hearts and our minds to your word right now. Allow us to see it. Allow us to understand who you are. Cut away every distraction. Reveal yourself to us by your Son and through your word. Give us knowledge and discernment and wisdom through this, Lord, that we might glorify you all the more and enjoy you all the more. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Exodus 18. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything that God had done for Moses and for God's people, Israel, when the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken in Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, along with her two sons, one of whom was named Gershom, because Moses had said, I have been a resident alien in a foreign land, and the other, Eliezer, because he had said, the God of my father was my helper and rescued me from Pharaoh's sword. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, along with Moses' wife and sons, came to him in the wilderness where he was camped at the mountain of God. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down, and then kissed him. They asked each other how they had been and went into the tent. Moses recounted to his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that confronted them on the way and how the Lord rescued them. Jethro rejoiced over all the good things the Lord had done for Israel when he rescued them from the power of the Egyptians. Blessed be the Lord, Jethro exclaimed, who rescued you from the power of Egypt and from the power of Pharaoh. He has rescued the people from under the power of Egypt. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods because he did wonders when the Egyptians acted arrogantly against Israel. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in in God's presence. The next day Moses sat down to judge the people, and they stood around Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw everything he was doing for them, he asked, What is this thing you are doing for the people? Why are you alone sitting as judge? Why all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses replied to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, whenever they have a dispute, it comes to me. And I make a decision between one man and another. I teach them God's statutes and laws. What you're doing is not good, Moses' father-in-law said to him. You'll certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you some advice and God be with you. You be the one to represent the people before God and bring their cases to him. Instruct them about the statutes and laws and teach them the way to live and what they must do. But you should select from all the people able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, and hating dishonest profit. Place them over the people as commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They should judge the people at all times. Then they can bring you every major case, but judge every minor case themselves. In this way, you will lighten your load, and they will bear it with you. If you do this, and God so directs you, you will be able to endure, and also all these people will be able to go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. So Moses chose able men from all Israel and made them leaders over the people. As commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, they judged the people at all times. They would bring the hard cases to Moses, but they would judge every minor case themselves. Moses let his father-in-law go, and he journeyed to his own land. It was Exodus 18. Next up we have... Job 36 today, Job 36. Alua. Then Alua continued, saying, Be patient with me a little longer, and I will inform you, for there is still more to be said on God's behalf. I will get my knowledge from a distant place and ascribe justice to my Maker. Indeed, my words are not false. One who has complete knowledge is with you. Yes, God is mighty, but he despises no one. He understands all things. He does not keep the wicked alive, but he gives justice to the oppressed. He does not withdraw his gaze from the righteous, but he seats them forever with enthroned kings, and they are exalted. If people are bound with chains and trapped by the cords of affliction, God tells them what they have done and how arrogantly they have transgressed. He opens their ears to correction and tells them to repent from iniquity. If they listen and serve him, they will end their days in prosperity and their years in happiness. But if they do not listen, they will cross the river of death and die without knowledge. Those who have a godless heart harbor anger, even when God binds them. They do not cry for help. They die in their youth. Their life ends among male cult prostitutes. God rescues the afflicted by their affliction. He instructs them by their torment. Indeed, he lured you from the jaws of distress to a spacious and unconfined place. Your table was spread with choice food, yet now you are obsessed with the judgment due the wicked. Judgment and justice have seized you. Be careful that no one lures you with riches. Do not let a large ransom lead you astray. Can your wealth or all your physical exertion keep you from distress? Do not long for the night when nations will disappear from their places. Be careful that you do not turn to iniquity, for that is why you have been tested by affliction. Look, God shows himself exalted by his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has appointed his way for him? And who has declared you have done wrong? Remember that you should praise his work, which people have sung about. All mankind has seen it. People have looked at it from a distance. Yes, God is exalted beyond our knowledge. The numbers of his years cannot be counted, for he makes water drops evaporate. They distill the rain into its mist, which the clouds pour out and shower abundantly on mankind. Can anyone understand how the clouds spread out or how the thunder roars from God's pavilion? See how he spreads his lightning around him and covers the depths of the sea? For he judges the nations with these, he gives food in abundance, he covers his hands with lightning and commands it to hit its mark. The thunder declares his presence, the cattle also, the approaching storm. Turn over to Proverbs today. Do a little proverb. Number seven, Words of King Solomon, the Book of Wisdom. My son, obey my words and treasure my commands. Keep my commands and live and guard my instructions as you would the pupil of your eye. Tie them to your fingers. Write them on your tablet of your heart. Say to Wisdom, you are my sister. And call understanding your relative. She will keep you from a forbidden woman, a wayward woman with her flattering talk. At the window of my house, I looked through my lattice. I saw among the inexperienced, I noticed among the youths, (coughs) a young man lacking sense, crossing the street near her corner. He strolled down the road to her house at twilight, in the evening, in the dark of the night. A woman came to meet him, dressed like a prostitute, having a hidden agenda. She is loud and defiant. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, she looks at every corner. She grabs him and kisses him. She brazenly says to him, I've made fellowship offerings today, I've fulfilled my vows. So I came out to meet you, to search for you. I've found you. I've spread coverings on my bed, richly colored linen from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love-making until morning. Let's feast on each other's love. My husband isn't home. He went on a long journey. He took a bag of silver with him and will come home at the time of the full moon. She seduces him with her persistent pleading. She allures him with flattery and talk. He follows her impulsively, like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer bounding toward a trap, until an arrow pierces his heart and liver, like a bird darting into a snare. He doesn't know it will cost him his life. Now sons, listen to me, and pay attention to the words from my mouth. Don't let your heart turn aside to her ways. Don't stray onto her paths, she has brought many down to death. Her victims are countless. Her house is the road to Sheol, descending to the chambers of death. Proverbs 7 The Wayward Woman. Go to the Gospel of Luke. 21 today, 21, Luke 21. He looked up and saw the rich dropping their offerings into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow dropping in two tiny coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For all these people have put in gifts out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. As some were talking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, These things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left on another that will not be thrown down. Teacher, they asked him, so when will these things happen? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? Then he said, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Don't follow them. When you hear of wars and rebellions, don't be alarmed. Indeed, it is necessary that these things take place first, but the end won't come right away. Then he told them, Nation will be rised up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be violent earthquakes and famines and plagues in various places, and there will be terrifying sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to bear witness. Therefore, make up your minds not to prepare your defense ahead of time, for I will give you such words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will even be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will kill some of you. You'll be hated by everyone because of my name. But not a hair of your head will be lost. By your endurance, gain your lives. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that its desolation has come near. And those in Judea must flee to the mountains, those inside the city must leave it, and those who are in the country must not enter it, because these are the days of vengeance to fulfill all the things that are written. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will be killed by the sword and be led captive into all the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And there will be anguish on the earth among nations, bewildered by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and expectation of the things that are coming on the world, because the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory, But when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they put out leaves, you can see for yourselves and recognize that summer is already near. In the same way, when you see things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be on God so that your minds are not dulled from carousing, drunkenness, and worries of life. Or that day will come on you unexpectedly, like a trap. For it will come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. But be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all the things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. During the day he was teaching in the temple, but in the evening he would go out and spend the night on what is called the Mount of Olives, and all the people would come early in the morning to hear him in the temple. Luke 21. 2 Corinthians 6 today. Working together with him, we also appeal to you. Don't receive the grace of God in vain, for he says, at an acceptable time I listened to you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. See, now is the acceptable time, and now is the day of salvation. You're not giving anyone an occasion for offense so that ministry will not be blamed. Instead, as God's ministers, we commend ourselves in everything, by great endurance, by afflictions, by hardships, by difficulties, by beatings, by imprisonments, by riots, by labors, by sleepless nights, by times of hunger, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, through weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, through glory and dishonor, through slander and good report, regarded as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet recognized, as dying yet see we live, as being disciplined yet not killed, as grieving yet always rejoicing, as poor yet enriching many, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We have spoken openly to you, Corinthians. Our heart has been opened wide. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. I speak as to my children. As a proper response, open your heart to us. Don't become partners with those who do not believe. What partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship does light have with darkness? What agreement does Christ have with Bilal? And what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing, and I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. That's the end of Robert Murray McShane reading plan, March 7th. Now we step into the bonus here of meditating on three chapters for the entire month of March, which we are in 2 Corinthians 7 through 9 right now, so it flows perfectly today. So we'll just continue on to 2 Corinthians 7 now. So then, dear friends, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every impurity of the flesh and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one, corrupted no one, taken advantage of no one. I don't say this to condemn you, since I have already said that you are in our hearts, to die together and to live together. I am very frank with you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with encouragement. I am overflowing with joy in all our afflictions. In fact, when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest. Instead, we were troubled in every way. Conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the arrival of Titus, and not only by his arrival, but also by the comfort he received from you. He told us about your deep longing, your sorrow, and your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. For even if I grieved you with my letter, I don't regret it. And if I regretted it, since I saw that the letter grieved you, yet only for a while, I now rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because your grief led to repentance. For you were grieved as God willed, So that you didn't experience any loss from us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, but worldly grief produces death. For consider how much diligence this very thing, this grieving as God wills, has produced in you. What a desire to clear yourself! What indignation! What fear! What deep longing! What zeal! What injustice! In every way, you showed yourselves to be pure in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was not because of the one who did wrong or because of the one who was wronged, but in order that your devotion to us might be made plain to you in the sight of God. For this reason, we have been comforted. In addition to our comfort, we rejoiced even more over the joy Titus had because his spirit was refreshed by all of you. For if I have made any boast to him about you, I have not been disappointed. But as I have spoken everything to you in truth, so our boasting to Titus has also turned out to be the truth. And his affection toward you is even greater as he remembers the obedience of all of you and how you received him with fear and trembling. I rejoice that I have complete confidence in you. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia during a severe trial brought about by affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. I can testify that according to their ability and even beyond their ability of their own accord, they begged us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in the ministry to the saints not just as we had hoped. Instead, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us by God's will. So we urge Titus that just as he had begun, so he should also complete among you this act of grace. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love for us, excel also in this act of grace. I'm not saying this as a command, rather by means of the diligence of others. I am testing... The genuineness of your love, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich for your sake, he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter, I am giving advice because it is profitable for you, who began last year not only to do something, but also to want to do it. Now also finish the task, so that just as there was an eager desire, there may also be a completion according to what you have. For if ignorance is there, the gift is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. It is not that there should be relief for others and hardship for you, but it is a question of equality. At the present time, your surplus is available for their need, so that their abundance may in turn meet your need, in order that there may be equality. As it is written, the person who had much did not have too much and the person who had too little did not have too little thanks to thanks be to God who put the same concern for you into the hearts of Titus for he welcomed our appeal and being very diligent went out to you by his own choice we've sent with him the brother who was praised among all the churches for this for his gospel ministry and not only that but he was also appointed by the churches to accompany us with the gracious gift that we are administering for the glory of the lord himself and to show our eagerness to help we are taking this precaution so that no one will criticize us about this large sum that we are administering indeed we are not giving careful thought to what is right not only before the lord but also before people we have also sent with them our brother We have often tested him in many circumstances and found him to be diligent, and now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker for you. As for our brothers, they are of the messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. Therefore, show them proof before the churches of your love and of your boasting about you. 2 Corinthians 9 Now concerning the ministry to the saints... It is unnecessary for me to write to you, for I know your eagerness, and I boast about you to the Macedonians. Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them, but I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you in this matter would not prove empty, and so that you would be ready just as I said. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, would be put to shame in that situation. Therefore, I considered it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of you and arrange in advance the generous gift you promise, so that it will be ready as a gift and not as an extortion. Excuse me. The point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's the conclusion for that reading. I thought I'd read a psalm for us today. Let's go with Psalm 97, the Majestic King. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coasts and inlands be glad. Clouds and total darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him. And burns up his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax. At the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord. Of the whole earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. All the people see his glory. All who serve carved images. Those who boast in idols. Will be put to shame. All the gods must worship him. Zion hears and is glad. Judah's villages rejoice because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the Most High over the whole earth. You are exalted above all the gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful ones. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous. Gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Let's pray. Holy Heavenly Father, Father of all graces and mercy and comfort, you exalt the righteous in Christ Jesus because it glorifies your name. Shine a light on your glory today, Lord. Allow the world to know of you and your fame, Lord and the mighty works that you've done. Everything you do is a masterpiece, perfect, delightful. Let us enjoy you today. Let us absorb your word. Allow what we've read to be applied to our daily lives, Lord, in each and every moment that we can give credence to who we serve, what kind of life we live for you, Lord, through you and to you. All things are in your hand. We're in your hand. Mold us into thy son. Thy perfection of thy Son, Lord, sanctify us with your word. Mold our thinking and our minds into that of Christ, dying to self, humbled, clinging to the one who gives us everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.